What's up, guys? We're back with another episode of the You Discuss podcast. Today, episode 26, we're going to get into everything about study abroad at the school. We have a friend of the podcast, Ilan, with us here. Ilan, do you want to introduce yourself a little bit? Hey, how's it going? Uh, my name's Ilan. I've done multiple semesters of study abroad, um, both semesters as well as winter sessions and internships um, on a couple different continents. Um, so I've got a good, you know, wealth of knowledge about it. He's the resident expert with the group. Yeah, you want to just uh, hop, <laughs> hop into sure. first, I guess, why you chose uh, study abroad? Yeah. Um, well, I love to travel. Um, it was, to be perfectly honest, so I grew up in a family. Uh, my mother traveled for work a lot, and so it was always sort of assumed in my family that I would do a study abroad. Um, it's one of those opportunities in your life that you just don't get very often. Um, where you have very little responsibility and you can sort of travel and experience things without sort of anything holding you back. Um, and so it was always encouraged heavily in my family that I would study abroad. Um, and so in high school, actually, I did a semester uh, in Jerusalem, and that was my first real experience um, of traveling um, and living overseas. And then my winter session of sophomore year I went to Morocco. Um, if you couldn't pick up a theme here, I was an Islamic studies minor um, with international business as well. Um, I didn't so know I was that. sort of focusing... <laughs> what? I didn't know that. You didn't know that? Yeah, yeah. I, I studied Arabic, <laughs> I studied Hebrew, um, I was focusing on the Middle East, and then actually in my study abroad trip in Morocco, we did a weekend in uh, Granada, if I remember correctly, in Spain, and that sort of turned my whole world upside down in a bit of a way, um, and I had originally planned on and had a program all picked out and ready to go for doing a semester my junior year in Jordan, in Amman, um, and quickly decided that I would much rather go to Spain, um, and found a new program, and, uh, set off and did a semester in Sevilla instead, which I uh, am very glad that I did. I thought you didn't like that one. Yeah. You <laughs> <laughs> never talk about yeah, it. Yeah, I've I mean, never heard you. I did. I, I am that. You went to Spain. I, I am that person. <laughs> He's the sorority girl who comes back from a week and on a vacation and just can't I, stop talking about it. <laughs> wait, so I, I did you, like only, how many did you do? Three? So I did two semesters, one winter session, and one uh, summer internship overseas. Wow. Jesus. So combined <laughs> for over, I think I was did the math once. It combined for over 12 months That's during insane. my college and high school uh, career. Huh. Yeah. Why did you cho choose those different locations? Um... Well, so Morocco, as I said, I was studying Arabic, and so it was a great opportunity to practice my Arabic. Um, the Islamic Studies and Arabic Studies program is relatively small at UD. Um, I can't speak for what it is at the moment, but for when I was there, there was essentially only two Arabic instructors, uh, and they were siblings, um, and they ran the trip. Um, and it was a very small class, the Arabic class, and it was very tight-knit, and most of us went on this Morocco trip. It was sort of, in a certain way, it was almost like a centerpiece of the Arabic studies program. Um, 
and so that's and I had wanted to do international business with a focus in the Middle East coming from my experiences at an earlier age um, with Middle Eastern studies specifically in um, Israel and Palestine um, and so that was sort of you know as I was building my college career and resume as you want to call it uh, that's sort of what I was envisioning and then as I said my experience in Spain sort of turned that a bit sideways and I decided to I really honestly just fell in love with Western Europe um, Spain Portugal um, and while I was there I hit a number of different countries and sort of shifted my focus away from my Arabic studies and actually after that I started taking Spanish um, and started shifting towards that. So I, I know what your favorite study abroad program was. But <laughs> <laughs> well, besides, well, yeah, besides Spain, which, like, which place did you enjoy the most? You know, it's a tough one. I think each program had different, um, taught me different things. Which sounds really cheesy and like very, but it's true. You know, I, I got different experiences out of each one. I think my internship, which was in Haifa in the north of Israel, um, was a pretty incredible experience. Getting to become part of a foreign workforce is always really interesting and different and eye-opening. Um, like... I mean, I know Jalen, you would appreciate this. In Israel, it's very common that your bosses take you out to happy hour and buy you drinks after work. We knew it would come up, Jay. You so I found, I found an opening and I had to I had to take it. But no, so like that was, you know, one of those things that we would literally sit at the office and have beers and then go out to the bar and have beers because that was just like a normal office cultural thing. And so that's just one of them. There's lots of them. Um of these little things that you pick up. And so being able to study abroad, you get that, of course, because you are still engaged in the culture, but working or interning abroad, I would say really doubles down on it um, because it puts you sort of in the action in a way that being in a classroom doesn't. I, so we talked a lot about his experiences. Jay, you did yeah. actually study abroad as well. <laughs> I well, feel no, like I didn't study abroad. I pretended like I was going to study abroad multiple times. <laughs> Fake out. By <laughs> literally going through the entire process of studying abroad and then deciding not to at the last minute. Then you probably know it even better than I do. Yeah, because so I five so, times and just never waxed away. <laughs> so I so why don't you break down the process for us? So I um yeah so I applied to I applied my freshman year after my freshman year to do uh, when I was still an engineer there was like an internship to do like water resourcing and irrigation in Vietnam and I applied to that, that been and. Basically, I was told that I needed more engineering, like a more engineering experience before I could do that and to reapply my sophomore year. Uh, that was the summer after my sophomore year, but at that point, I was Would no longer... Would it be a semester longer, program? It was a summer. Gotcha. Um, but I was no longer an engineer at that point, <laughs> so I did not uh, end up doing that. Uh, another one, I was going to do a winter in London, uh, but... I didn't get any scholarships, and it was very expensive. It was just for elective classes. 
Um, so I decided... London is famous for its winters. Is it? It's, fam- it's famously a great place to be in winter. Mm-hmm. Well, missed, what a shame. I was going to say, well, I missed out on that opportunity. <laughs> now he's just saying. I was yeah. being sarcastic. <laughs> oh. It's rainy and cold. It's oh. not a fun place to be in winter. <laughs> oh, well, that's awkward. Um, and then the last one that I applied for actually was not through Delaware. It was through a school uh, on Long Island, Stony Brook, was to do uh, environmental, it was environmental and geology summer, or maybe a winter, I don't remember, but that was to Eastern Africa and Madagascar. And that one was probably the one that I that wanted to do the cool. most. Um, the only reason I couldn't do that was because the since um delaware's break i know it was summer because delaware ends so late compared to so many other schools so i would have missed the last three weeks of classes at delaware if i left nice so i did not go that was the one i wanted to do the most because that would have been that would be amazing i mean i'm sure i mean i haven't really heard many bad experiences of studying abroad so i'm sure that all of them would have been great um but yeah, so I didn't do any of them, <laughs> but I definitely thought about it and went through. I think the one that I was, like, closest to actually doing was going to London, but I just decided that I wasn't going to, but, yeah. I wish I did. Yeah, I... Sorry. I wish I did, because, like, I know everyone says, like, it's such an amazing experience, and it'd definitely be cool to learn about stuff about, like, a, especially for, as, like, a geologist. Like, the geology department, it's great that, like, to graduate, you have to go on a study trip. I'm not going to say study abroad because you stay in the United States. <laughs> but uh, it's great that you have you get to go on a trip. But um, certain places, like, I went to New Zealand in high school and learned about some geology when I was there. And New Zealand's, like, an amazing place for a geologist to go. You were able to go to New Zealand in high school? What? You were able to go there in high school? I went my senior year. I went to Australia and New Zealand. But that was not... That wasn't a... Um, that wasn't, like... I didn't, no, I shouldn't say I didn't learn anything. <laughs> I did learn things, but that was uh, more of, like, not for credit or anything. It was just, like, educational, but just learning about stuff. There were no exams or anything. It was strict. It was really just, a, like trip vacation with a door guide um but one place say that ross oh sorry no go for it i was just gonna say it's funny you say that i think that's a common misconception with study abroad is that people think it's like very inaccessible or difficult to do but you'd be surprised at how many programs there are especially even for high schoolers um and it is i mean it is a lucrative business and so there are lots and lots and lots of programs and you can really i mean some It'll take some people more time than others to find the right program, but at the end of the day, you can really find any program that fits your sort of personal or academic needs. I do regret not studying abroad. I had started looking at a winter session trip my junior year to go to Croatia, and they had a public policy and administration. Basically, you just, it's all about like international policy and business but since I switched my major so late to a completely different college it was really hard for me to balance out a lot of those credits and so it absolutely was doable I was just kind of lazy and 
one of the big reasons that I felt like I didn't want to study abroad was not wanting to miss out on school, if that made sense. Like, not wanting to leave and, like, miss a whole semester of my friends doing this, different adventures, stuff like that, where looking back on it, that is a little bit of a silly excuse in my book. I was going to say, I thought the same same exact thing. I was like, I, if I'd never considered doing a semester because that was one less semester of college, but like, that's not the case. Like even think about like, they have the world scholars program and your first semester, you're not at college. And like, I was like, Oh, it'd be so cool to go study abroad. But see, to me, like, not being there for my freshman year fall was like that. That was the but end of the world. That's tough. That's it's the first <laughs> semester on campus. Right, I yeah. think it's a little bit different as Ma- opposed to your first or second semester of junior year. Like you've already been there for two for years. For so long. Yeah. Michaela was in the World Scholars Program and she was in Rome. She for, did the program in Rome. Yep, mm-hmm. she was in Rome for first semester, yeah. and she said she was like it was a risk because if she hadn't come back to our floor. Who knows what would have happened? So many people had already established friendships, routines, like mm-hmm. they were Although already getting used said, to everything. I don't know how many friends of mine that I left college with were really from my freshman year. But you never know. Like only like a handful. But Gilby Gang, we stuck together. Yeah, yeah, you guys are. <laughs> yeah, we're different. <laughs> but anyways, I do I feel like if it is something that you're interested in, like if travel is something you wanna do, which I do regret it now because now I'm trying to travel and it's expensive and I can't go anywhere because people have work, but I do think it is a good idea if it's something you're interested in, even just doing like a winter session or a summer to see how it is because they have even four-week sessions in winter that you can go try it out. If you love it, go again. If you don't, you have that experience. Fun fact, Delaware is the first school to ever do a study abroad program. Really? Fun fact, they never let you forget it when you're there. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. They tell you a million times. <laughs> that's like the type of thing, like when you're touring. Oh, like, that's how oh, I found like out. The second or third uh, um, largest uh, food court yeah. on, the East Can- or on the East Coast or whatever. Every flag in I don't Trabot, think it is, is anymore, it? by the way. Is it not? Probably not. It's, I it's think been it like four years at this point, five years at this point. It was literally like three weeks. <laughs> it was only between like the three weeks that like it got completed, and then the next one somewhere else at a different that's school got completed. Yeah, I remember, I remember on tour, like, such it was a Delaware thing long. to keep saying. Yeah. I remember on tour, they were like, all the flags hung up in Trabant is a place that there was a program of study abroad. Delaware is the first school to ever study it. And I was like, whoa, this is so amazing. <laughs> now looking back, and I'm like, you guys, that, shut up. <laughs> UB's claims to fame are first study abroad, food, and best, like, number one party school. That's not great for <laughs> academics. Like, Wow. <laughs> And the You Discuss Podcast. Yes, and the You Discuss Podcast. <laughs> and the, <laughs> so uh, do one of you want to break down uh, the uh, application process and what you have to do to uh, study abroad? I don't know sure. if, Jay, you want to do it since you, apparently you applied a bunch of times? Or <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Jay, do, you wanna take, do you want to take the know. internal and I can take uh, third party? Oh, let's, let's, let's go with that. <laughs> so there's <laughs> there a website. I don't know what it is. It's like, if you just type in, like, UD study abroad, it's probably something like that. Um, and they have a list of all of the programs by semester. And I think they're planned out from, like, the ne- like the following semester until a year and a half ahead, maybe. So, like, we're in fall of 21 right now. I think you'll be able to apply until 
next winter. I could be wrong, but I think that's how far it goes out. I'm not on the website. Um, but there's usually a breakdown. You can break it down by country, by program, or like major, and then what classes you're looking for, how many credits, how long. And they'll have a either like a link to an application or to a contact information where you can get into contact with the professor running the program. Uh, you fill all that out. I think all of them have interviews right along. Maybe. Uh, all of the ones I've ever done had interviews. Yeah, so every one that I did also had an interview where I had to go and meet with the person that was running the trip. Uh, they were usually like very like casual. I mean, they're not like trying to grill you, figure out everything. But um, after that, do you think there's actually a way the inter in the interview they can determine that you wouldn't be fit? Um, I think it's mostly just to check how serious you are about it. Yeah, because they like I I think like I I remember like the one especially the one for London. Their big thing was like, yes, you're in another country, and they don't expect you to just go to school and then sit in your room for the rest of the day. But also, you're not trying to wreak havoc across <laughs> the world. <laughs> So yeah, like, uh, are we gonna have to bail you out of jail in right, Japan? Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> like, yes, have your fun and go explore, but like, don't cause just craziness <laughs> in the streets of wherever you Jaylen, are. Jalen, didn't you turn? Didn't you turn twenty one in Australia? I turned eighteen in Australia. Oh, that's awkward. I turned twenty one. Oh well, okay, wait. He so turned, turned twenty one. I turned eighteen before I went to Australia. I turned twenty one in the Grand Canyon. On my Grand Canyon, that's what it was. I knew you had your 21st, like, yes, not Not here. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I know <laughs> the one thing that they definitely will ask about is, like, the so your, like, record, your student record. If you've had any, um, what is that office <laughs> where you do bad things? Uh, the Office of Student Conduct? Yes, oh, that. So conduct, yeah. If, yes. there. Uh, yeah, so if you have anything on your record from there... You either will have to say it when you're applying, like, or filling out your application, or you'll have to show them or tell them when you're getting interviewed. Uh, after that whole process, you get an email. I got an email that said I was accepted to the program. You have to put down a deposit. Um, I had a meeting with the class, including the professor, just to break down everything that we would be doing. And then for... I'm switching to my registrar's office now. Uh, for <laughs> UD classes, uh, depending on what program you do, some I know some some programs it's like you're taking UD classes overseas. Other programs you're taking classes at a different school overseas, and you have to see which ones transfer over. Uh, if you're on a UD trip whether it's a UD class or a different school, it's going to transfer over. They wouldn't run a trip that you're not going to get any credit for. Um, but you would still have to fill out the transfer credit form from the registrar's office so that you can get those credits transferred over into Delaware credits. It's really simple, but just make sure that you do it before you go on your trip. If you do it after, UD cycles out their transfer credit matrix every semester. So there have been times where kids will go on their study abroad trip, come back, and then two semesters later try to transfer those credits over, and then they don't transfer over, and basically you just wasted all that money because you didn't transfer over your credits when you were supposed to. 
So make sure that <laughs> you do that beforehand because it would be kind of shitty to be out a couple thousand or a lot of thousands <laughs> of dollars because it's expensive. Yeah. Tens of thousands. That, yeah. Semester in London through UD is listed at about fifteen, uh, yeah. ten thousand five hundred. Ex- yeah. <laughs> so you don't want to lose all of that. But I mean, if you go to the registrar's office or you talk to the professor, like they, they'll walk you through it. It's pretty simple. But yeah. So I don't know. Well, I know how I did it for Stony Brook, but how did you apply third party for your study abroad alum? So I did through CEA. Um, so actually, the University of Delaware made my experience very easy. Um, if I remember correctly, it was two women. They have two advisors, and I don't know if this was their full-time job, but part of their job was exclusively to help people who were doing non-University of Delaware programs, uh, study abroad programs. Um, so I met with her, I mean, at least 10 times. Um, going over, I would bring her um, all the different syllabi and course notes and all these different things and she would help me she helped me through basically all of the paperwork and forms and made sure that all of my credits transferred properly but also she helped me with like planning different programs so like she sat and looked at with me um a couple different programs and said basically with her previous i mean she's helped god knows how many um kids go through it so she kind of knows what each class will sort of transfer to before uh, it's like official. Um, so she would look at things and say, this isn't going to be useful for your, she'd look at my major and my minors and say, this is going to be useful for you. You won't be able to get credit for this where you want it, um, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but essentially when it comes down to the UD part of it, I mean, so CEA has their own, you apply through them and they also I will plug CEA because they also made my life very easy. They were great. They had, they would answer me no joke within 30 minutes when I would email them. I would send them something like, UD needs this. And like 25 minutes later, they would send it back to me. They were fantastic. Um, And so combined, they don't interact with each other. So like that was what I had to do as the student was like to link those pieces. But the link between the school and me was great, and the link between me and CEA was great. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it took a little bit of work, but um, for the most part, the application process was pretty seamless. Um, and I would say what took the most time was uh, finding the program that had the right classes for what I wanted out of my experience. And then it's also just a lot of like bureaucratic paperwork. You have to get a lot of um, like sign-offs from different professors because for every class you transfer credit from you have to go to the professor that teaches the UD equivalent course and basically get them to sign off that it's like good enough um, so like I took a Spanish language course so that one was really easy because they just sent in the Spanish language so like that's pretty simple but for something more like international economics um, I had to sit with the professor and go through the syllabi and the that got a little bit more complicated because um, there's all the different econ classes and international business classes that, so like picking the exact one that it most closely lines up to. Um, but then it's just a lot of paperwork, a lot of like, not barcodes, that's not the right, 
with like course code numbers and filling it like by hand. You had to, uh, if I remember correctly, Jay, it's all by hand. Yep, the technology that, yeah. doesn't. So you gotta exist. you gotta sit there and literally like <laughs> off your laptop. You gotta yeah. write down course this number this, and it's like a, you know. Mm-hmm. So that that was tedious, but definitely worth it. And they make your life very easy. I would say that was. Whenever I talk to people about UD, I would say one of the things I'm most grateful for is how easy they made that experience. How did you um, find CEA? Did you just know about it? I know I spent hours looking for different programs. Um, so CEA and CIEE are the are two of the biggest. There's also ASI, AS API. No, it's AS something. USAC? My brother did it through a, a, a CIS. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, so there's like three or four major companies, um, but like I said, I there are multiple websites that help you uh, look for different programs, and CA's website is pretty good and easy to use. And um, when it came down to it, sort of the way I went about it was, I knew I wanted to go to Spain. I knew when I wanted to go to Spain. I wanted to go my first semester of junior year. And I knew I wanted to be studying something that was relatively close to what I was majoring in. Um, I was a applied economics major with international business and Islamic studies minors. So I wanted to be doing something in regards to international business or economics. And uh, CEA had a Sevilla international business semester. Um, and so it just kind of lined up. Um, it was also, if I remember correctly, it was one of the more affordable ones. I spent substantially less actually my semester in Spain than I would have if I was in Delaware. Um, granted I was out of state, although UD does give very steep discounts on their, on their study abroad programs to like in-state students. Um, like for my Morocco trip, that was a UD program. I was out of state. I paid like four times what, um, in-state students would have paid. It is ridiculously affordable to go if you're in-state through UD. Um, but for me, it was less, my whole semester was less than what I, would, what I would have paid just tuition for one semester at UD. So my parents were thrilled because it meant I was spending a lot less money. Um, but yeah, CEA was very helpful. And all of them, again, I can only speak for CEA, uh, all of them, they're a business and they want to sell you. So they will happily guide you through their website and help you find a program. Um, and you can use their resources and you should use their resources and call, talk to somebody, talk to as many people as you can, because it is a big decision, and so it is a lot of money. Um, and you only, I mean, you don't only get to do it once, but you only get to do that semester once. You have a very limited number. Um, and more likely than not, you only get one semester of study abroad in college anyway, so you want to make sure you're doing the right one and getting the most out of it. Um, and so I would say, basically, think about you got to juggle just what you want to study and where you want to study and find a program that matches those two things and uh, do your homework and pull the trigger. Did you, for your, because uh, you did shorter, you did a winter one, right? I did do a winter one. The Morocco they, was a winter one. Did, they, did you get a scholarship for that one? I did. You I did? They transferred over my existing academic scholarship. I think. Okay. Yeah, because I was gonna say. So basically, like there was some ratio, if I remember correctly. I mean, I think, but also they really they had problems with numbers, so they were giving away hefty scholarships. 
And again, yeah. I had a relationship with the professor because I was taking Arabic classes at the time. And so he said to us in the class, there's a lot of scholarship money. If you can't go because of financial reasons, come to us, apply. We have so much money. Like we want people to come on this trip and we don't want money to be a barrier. Gotcha. Because um, that, while, while my study abroad semester was very inexpensive, that winter session was very expensive. I was, yeah, because I remember when I applied for the London one, um, there were no scholarships available because yeah. they said that it was that it's too popular. Like, yeah, it was too popular. It was winter session, so it wasn't a. I guess it's not something that they needed. People need money for it because everyone can just afford a fifteen thousand dollar trip out of pocket. But obviously, <laughs> obviously. Um, but yeah, so they didn't offer scholarships. But maybe if they, I guess you can somehow transfer. Move I think maybe maybe I think I might be misremembering. I think it is based on the trip. So I think they got money. Now that I'm like thinking about it, I think the, oh, the Arabic got program money got money and they gave like, it out as and it was like marked as money for this trip. Gotcha. So I don't know whether it came from a donor or whether it came from the university trying to like grow the Arabic department through the trip. Um, but somehow the Arabic department had acquired these funds that were marked for scholarship for the trip. Um, so I think that's one of the bonuses of going on like a smaller trip. And, and I mean, I don't know numbers. Jay, do you remember how many people go on that London winter trip? They take 18, I think. Oh, well, that's not very large. Yeah. I would have thought it would be a lot bigger. I think they only take 18. There's multiple, like, uh... Like, I know when I applied to... trips, though? Yeah, like, when I applied to gotcha. one, I actually applied to the wrong one. It was, like, some, like, upper-level English. And, like, she emailed me asking, like... She's like, do you have any prerequisites of, like, English 320 and English something? And I was like, <laughs> I can barely I read. I <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, no. I can write you a sentence right. if you I'm want. like, I got an A and E110. What can, what can I do? <laughs> um... But yeah, I know the one that I was doing, I don't remember what the electives were, but it was two elective classes, but it was, mm. I think there was only 18 of us, and that was it. So it was pretty small. Um, but Yeah, my word of advice in regards to classes in study abroad is I would mostly say as long as it doesn't set you back, it's it's still worth it. Like, even if you can't find a program that is like pushing your like closer to your diploma as long as it's not setting you so far back it's still going to be worth it in ways that you can't really anticipate um like there were credits on the morocco trip and the spain trip that weren't particularly useful for my degree um but that i would never wouldn't change out anyway um so if it's not going to hinder your progress towards your degree at Delaware, I would say it's still probably worth it. I know one thing that I always, like, thought about, especially when I was looking at engineering courses, was, like, I'm not going to a different country to sit and just be hardworking and studying 24-7. Oh, well, that's, that's for damn sure. To try, like... <laughs> we I'm had like, a good time. <laughs> that's what I mean. Like, I, but I feel like, like, I know engineers that have gone on some of those trips that were more difficult, and they're like, I... They like, really? 
Yeah, but like they have like each other. They say like it's different when you're taking classes like at Delaware. It's like you'll talk to a couple people, and then you leave class and come back, or whatever. But like when you're over there, you don't really have anyone else, and you're all taking the same classes. You're with each other every single day. That's true. So it becomes more of like a I don't want to say group effort, but. I don't know. I, I kind of like a but they found it. Yeah. They found it to be challenging. I mean, I yeah, de- definitely. Like it's still like it's it's not different. It's not easy. <laughs> like it's definitely. But That's I was always like I wouldn't take four three engineering classes for a semester in yeah. Australia because I want to go see Australia. I mean, that was one of my major reasons why I wanted to do the London trip was because it was two hundred level electives. I was like, yeah. I don't want to actually be doing class <laughs> which obviously that like, was my cool, experience but... with study abroad i don't think any of the classes i took were challenging in an academic sense i learned a lot for sure right. but i wouldn't say any of them were particularly rigorous or challenging what did you um, what did you take so i took an international economics course um which looking back at it i mean i don't know how ud accepted it that course <laughs> it was it was yeah. Uh, I took that. I took an international business class. That was a lot of fun. Again, there was no homework in that course, but we did a lot of interesting things, and she brought in a lot of interesting guest speakers. Um, and that was sort of, I mean, I have a bunch of friends that have done study abroad. None of them said their classes were particularly hard, but all of them said that they enjoyed their, their studies um, in the type of way of, like, I liked going to class every day. I liked, especially like, I mean, going to a language, like going to Spanish class in Spain. Um, it was fun. The programs were good. I learned a lot, but then they were also very relaxed about like the assignments weren't large because they knew they, most of my teachers wanted us to go travel and experience stuff too. Like they would say like, I'm not going to give you homework. I don't want like, I don't want you to stay here because you have to do homework, like go experience. Um, cause that's one of the other amazing things about, I mean, I'll just speak about like studying abroad in Europe is if you study abroad in Spain, you are not very much not limited to Spain. Flights overseas are so cheap. Like Ryanair is your best friend. Um, I, we would just travel every single weekend. Um, and so most teachers knew that most teachers were pretty chill about like not even, we didn't even have to show up to class on Friday. Like. Actually, I don't think they even scheduled classes on Fridays. I was going to say, I know a lot of people... Yeah. People just I, wouldn't show up. Yeah. I know a lot like, of people would, would say that they did not have class on Friday. You'd leave Thursday night to go somewhere and then yeah. just come back before class on Monday. Uh, if you want to do Oktoberfest, plan it before you go. Every study abroad... That's, there are a couple like random tips I have like that. Every study abroad program will tell you not to buy your Oktoberfest pro, your Oktoberfest like tickets and planning and stuff until you're in country. That's bullshit. You have to buy it beforehand. <laughs> the reality is if you wait until you're in country, you won't be able to go because all the good slots, camping slots and tickets and whatnot, it, it just gone. won't be doable. Yeah, it's gone. And it becomes a lot more expensive. Whereas if you buy your camping tickets, you buy your plane tickets all beforehand, it's way more doable. Like, we didn't go to Oktoberfest because we followed the rules and didn't, didn't prep anything. And then by the time we, like, got in country... And, like, got our schedules and whatnot. And, of course, there wasn't anything during Oktoberfest for us, so we could have gone. Um, but we ended up going to the Canary Islands, so 
you know, small consolation. Um, <laughs> you know. You just slid that in. But, <laughs> but yeah. What other weird facts do you have? That's, weird that's, that we don't have time oh, for Sky that. Scanner. <laughs> get Sky Scanner. Get the app. Oh, Sky Scanner is incredible. Amazing. We would literally look on like Tuesday morning while we were all sitting at breakfast. We would. So I lived in a house with 11 other people. Um, it sounds like hell. And, no, it was incredible. Oh, oh, if you can live with a host family, the people who lived in apartments by themselves, while it looks great on paper before you get there, once you're there, you want to be in a host family. They were so upset that they didn't do it. Um, they regretted it so much. You want to be with a host family. You want to be with a lot, as many other people as you can. You basically want to have contact with as many other people as like physically possible. That's um, so against COVID. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this was pre-COVID. That's true. Um, so there were 11 of us in, in, or 12 of us, sorry, I was one of them. It was a six-bedroom apartment, um, and it was connected to our host parents. So it wasn't exactly like we were in a host family, but we had, like, host parents um, that would, I mean... It was a pretty sweet gig. They would come and do our laundry. They would clean. They would make us meals. If if we should say something that he loved his travel abroad so much that like he got the house <laughs> number <laughs> tattooed on his body. Like we all well, forgot most that. of us did. Some of us, if on the off chance that the six people who lived in my house that didn't get their tattoos are wa- listening to this or watching this. Yeah, fair. But but, but the the rest of us, we all we got matching tattoos. But no, we would literally sit having coffee before class on Tuesdays. Or like on Monday, and we like pull up Skyscanner, and they have an anywhere feature, and so we'd be like, "All right, I'll search out of Sevilla, I'll search out of Malaga, and you search out of Madrid. Let's see where we can go." Um, and and we ended up in some wacky places. I would say avoid, or at least what I did, I avoided the major cities. I avoided London. I avoided Paris. I avoided Rome, because I'm gonna go there. I'm not worried that I'll get to go to London, right? Like I'll get to go to London. Um, I'm going to Milan this coming winter. Like, I'm not so worried that I'm not going to make it to those places. But, like, when are you going to get to go to, like, Bucharest, Romania? Like, that's kind of the weird place. That, like, oh, Ryanair is, Ryanair is, like, a $10 <laughs> flight that you could go to Bucharest and experience a totally different city that, like, very few people get to go to, and you probably won't have another chance to go to anyway. Um, so even though sometimes it wasn't the cheapest flight, we would usually do, like, the cheapest flight that was somewhere, like, different and interesting. Um, although we did go to the major cities too, Dublin, Amsterdam, those are also great places. Also, you can't go, the people who went to Paris and London obviously had an amazing time. They're incredible cities. I would never say don't go there. Um, but uh, I think that's my, anywhere feature. my thing with even traveling, like planning trips now and stuff, like I have kind of, like I, I even remember when I like applied to London, like I, not that I wasn't upset that I didn't go because obviously I would love to go, but, um, I've changed, like, the where I want to go from, like, all the popular stuff to now let's go get some culture shock. Like, let's go experience something. Yeah. So, like, that, mm-hmm. like, when I was, like, I want to go to Africa and go to Madagascar, like, I was, like, that's, I want to do that. nothing but like I, some anxiety-producing culture shock to just reset yeah. you oh, it's, a it's, pandemic. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Yeah, like, why not? Like, I. It's a life scale. And it, yeah. it, it, it trans, it's a skill that transitions surprisingly well into other things. Yeah. Um, learning how to sort of orient yourself in a world that can, that feels upside down, um, is such a useful 
it helps here and especially like <laughs> what it helps here like even if it's like it helps yeah i mean yeah. it helps with this type of stuff jay I mean, did yeah. you get a lot of culture shock moving to baltimore, moving to baltimore. Did that one <laughs> <laughs> yeah yes i did <laughs> yeah i did <laughs> All right, any other tips, tricks, things to remember with study abroad? Yeah, I wrote down to ask you if you uh, recommended uh, study abroad, no, but I, can, I no. think I know that I answer. I think uh, he would say that <laughs> you shouldn't. He I think hated we all, all yeah. of it. Never Terrible. do it again. Terrible, Terrible time. It Terrible. was... I Getting the tattoo removed I, tomorrow. <laughs> I love University of Delaware. I wouldn't trade my experience there for anything. If you had to ask me, was every single dollar that I spent at the University of Delaware worth it? That's a different question, <laughs> as Jalen shakes his head no. But if you had to ask me, was every single dollar worth it that I spent on study abroads, I would 100% say yes. I was lucky enough that I was able to scrounge money between savings accounts and gifts from grandparents and cousins and uncles and whatnot that I didn't have to take a loan. But if I had to take a loan, I would have done it and I would do it again. It is one of those things that is worth every single penny and it sounds really cheesy and like cliche but like it is and it will change the way you see the world and it will change you as a person um, i will say we didn't necessarily um get too far into like pricing we're kind of like bouncing around mentioning it nobody wants to talk bit, about it <laughs> sure i can tell you well i can tell you vaguely what i paid because i mean god knows how i can tell you what the list well, price for all of them so are. It, i do have them written down and it it hurts my heart um if you were a Delaware resident, your program can range anywhere from about 10500 to almost $22,000. If you are an out-of-state resident, $21,000 to almost $33,000 for a program. Well, yeah. That's insane. But those, also, but those prices also cover different things. I was going to say. So a lot of hey, so the Delaware, no, the Delaware list price is not the actual thing you pay because Delaware doesn't include a lot of stuff. That, those prices you find on the... That's the one thing I want to say. The price they give you... If I remember correctly, the price they give you on the study abroad website for Delaware programs is only the tuition. It doesn't include, like, nope. other things. It's everything? Am I wrong? I remember my price increased. Tuition for fees. It doesn't, it doesn't include everything, but it does include, like, room and board and program fees, semesters, indirect... Like, it has some a few extra yeah, things gosh. but it it's not going to include actually but living even even so like i think about like i mean you, you have the range up to thirty two thousand. like if you're going away for a semester like that's cheaper than a semester at delaware it's true well that yeah depends I mean, I didn't pay. I can't. I didn't pay that. I can't afford that. But CA, my <laughs> semester, the list price I think is twelve thousand. That's not. Yeah, so thirteen thousand. Like yeah, so that's not. But that included my all of my food and housing. That's all in that price. Right. So that's a that very good price. Everything but the flight. That's and, a good price. I mean, price. it's a flight to Spain. It's like five hundred bucks. So tuition and it and yeah. So it was really affordable for me to go on, on my semester to Spain. Again, the one the winter and summer trips are more expensive. I was going to say, the fact that your semester is cheaper than the winter I was going to do is ridiculous. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think they increased the price, too. I think when I went, it was only 12000 It wouldn't surprise me. Like, Everything's getting more expensive there. 
It was so affordable. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, because I'm sure they also have so many more fees now with all the cleaning and mm-hmm. and they can't they can't stick twelve people in an apartment anymore. Yeah, also that. I mean, <laughs> the average. I just looked it up. The average tuition cost for a year at UD without student loans is thirty four. A little yeah. over thirty four thousand. Yeah. Right. And that so doesn't include you... housing. Doesn't and include food housing, right. dining and... plans. Right. Yeah. So oh, I feel bad for my parents. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, we should have traveled. So I mean, to be to be perfectly honest, there's part of me that looks back. It's like I should have just done my entire college career overseas. It would have cost me half the price, and would have been one hell of an experience. But you would have never met Jalen. That's, that's very true. <laughs> that's very true. But no, semester abroad, and and a lot of places have um, financial aid, and they will help you. They have funds, and and you can apply for scholarships. And there's also, if I remember correctly. There's like websites that post different like scholarship competitions that you can enter, like writing competitions. Some of them and... specifically for study abroad too. Yeah, a lot of them I think for yeah. specifically for study abroad, and they range from a couple hundred bucks to, I think there was one that I applied to one that was like two thousand dollars, which is that's a good chunk of money towards your tuition. So, um, you can you can make it work, um, and it's not always as out of reach as it might seem or appear okay i think Moral on that of note the story uh, study okay. <laughs> more really i That's mean it. well i was gonna say it earlier is like <laughs> if it was up to me and i said this to you if it was up to me i'm i'm kind of surprised that most universities don't force you to do a study abroad there are honestly i remember where did i visit there was some school i to toured me. And it was like a smaller school, and you cannot graduate unless you study abroad. And I study, think that's yeah, I, amazing. I'm shocked more schools don't that's do cool. that. Yeah. It's like, I think, because that was when I was looking to go for engineering. It's like, as an engineer, you have to go to Europe to graduate. That, sign yeah. me up. Well, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I would make it you have to go to Europe, but you have to go somewhere. I don't care. It's, it's Delaware? <laughs> <laughs> like... <As> I, <laughs> leave the state of Delaware. Right. I'll study abroad in DC. Quick trip to Jersey. Yeah. Like, <laughs> study no, abroad. Jersey wouldn't count. <laughs> Jersey doesn't count. Yeah, you As need a, the culture shock of, of Baltimore, right? Of Baltimore, exactly. <laughs> uh, okay, on that note, I think uh, we're good there unless you guys have anything else you want to add. Study abroad. Okay. Take me yes, back. Study abroad. Take you back. You're okay. going back. We will see you. <laughs> we'll see you guys on the next one. See you. Bye. Bye. Hey guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of the You Discuss podcast. Remember, everything we talk about on this podcast is our own opinions and experiences, and we are not affiliated with the University of Delaware. We love making this podcast, and we wouldn't be able to do it without everybody's support. Special thanks to our friend Abu, who made our intro song for us. You can find more of his stuff on Instagram and SoundCloud at HoudiniFR. Also, thank you to our friend Sam, who drew out our logo for us. You can find more of her work on Instagram at samim.72. Go check them out. Their stuff is awesome. We have a new podcast every Thursday, and you can find us on either Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Tell us what you think by leaving a review. 
Please follow us on Instagram at udiscuss underscore and on Twitter at udiscuss1 for regular updates about the podcast and to see more about our time at UD. Thank you again for listening and we will see you next week.